Well, good morning, everybody. Today, we are starting a two-week series called uh, Setting uh, the Tone. And uh, you can see of this image, uh, we've got kind of the new year in front of us, January, February, March, and that's going to be 2022. Uh, but here we are kind of on the, the end of 2021. And uh, there's actually some things that we can do uh, this week to set the tone uh, for the new year. And we're going to focus on how do we do that by looking back. How do we set the tone for the new year by looking back on the current year? And then next week, we're going to do week two, which is going to be looking forward as we enter the new year next Sunday on the second. Uh, how do we look forward in our current year, 2022, uh, to make the most of it? And so if you're new to Ridgeview, uh, today's uh, sermon will be a little bit different in that it's going to be uh, a little bit more reflective and looking back and uh, really honoring God uh, for all that he's done. Uh, if you're like me, it's very easy for life to be something that you just do and you wake up and you keep doing it and you keep doing it. Uh, but there's times when you need to pause. You need to uh, stop and reflect. And that reflection is a sense of like, what, what has happened this past year? What, what has God done uh, for me as a person? What has God done uh, for us as a church? And in the middle of that, through uh, the, the great things and through even the hard things, how do we find God and what he's doing uh, in the middle of that? And so that, that's uh, my hope uh, for today, that we'll leave here with a sense that, that God is actually real and active, and we've, we've seen it. And what you find in the Christian life is that it's a personal relationship with God that, that sets Christianity uh, different than major world religions. There's a sense of like God can actually speak to us. Uh, he guides us. He leads us. He's not passively involved. He's actively involved in life. And as you look back, sometimes you're reminded by like the things that God did. He came through. And he came through in mighty ways. And I believe uh, as a church, we've seen that this past year. And we'll continue to uh, in the coming year as we, we look uh, to God. So I want to ask uh, a few questions uh, this morning. And the first question is this, and you might not even know what it means, but the first question is this, what was our uh, kairos as a church? Now, kairos is uh, found in scripture. It's a word to denote time. And uh, it's different. If you're following along on your handout in your program, uh, there's a definition uh, of Kairos, and I'll read it up here. And this is what Kairos means. It's due measure, a season, a time, a period, possessed of certain characteristics. This is actually how God tells time. He tells time not uh, through chronos, which that's another uh, definition there. Chronos denotes, you'll see that on the screen, a space of time, whether long or or short. God tells time more by kairos, not chronos. The idea is like chronological. Uh, we're here on a Sunday. Tomorrow is what? Good job. Yesterday was? Good. Guys are great. But that's chronological. We, it's 24-hour periods, and we are always looking at what time is it, and then where do I need to be, and I got to put it in my calendar. It's all chronological. God tells time uh, differently. He tells time not just by the hour or the minute, although he's active in real space and time. He tells time more from opportunity to opportunity. So when the scriptures tell us to make the most of our time, what it's saying is actually to make the most of the opportunity. That is the season that we find ourselves. Uh, here's a picture that can kind of uh, illustrate that. That's chronological time, right? Minutes, hours, seconds. And then here's what Kairos looks like. That's Kronos. This is the Kairos, those red markers. In the middle of time, 
what did God do? In the middle of time, what did God say? In the middle of time, chronological, how did I respond? What did I do? And what you find in life is that it's so important to pay attention to the kairos, not just time. Not just chronological time where you clock in and you clock out. You just go through the motions. But in the middle of that, what's God doing? Now, the difference, kairos and chronos, is is you actually have to be alert. You have to be aware. You have to be able to see there's more going on than maybe even I can tell from from my watch. Here's another way it kind of works together according to the, the dictionary. It says, I think you'll see that up here as well. Chronos expresses the duration of a period. Kairos stresses it as marked by certain features. So certain features in which God did specific things. Certain features where we can look and say, he was real, he was active, and we can see him. And I want to tell you something. As we talk about this as a church, this is also true for you as an individual. God wants to tell time, and he wants you to have opportunities where you see him coming through, where it changes your life, where the things that you've always done can change because God comes through in specific and real ways in certain seasons. And for us as a church, we've seen that as well. And so that's kind of what the church is made up of. It's a group of people who are relating to God, seeking him through the scriptures, praying, coming together in a community. And as God's work in our lives, we come together in a community and he's at work in our community too. And this is actually what the world hopes for. There's a sense of which we have direction and purpose and meaning from somebody outside of ourselves that knows us and leads us and actually leads us to the life that we long for. And so when we look back, this is found in, in our, our kairos. And so I want to just set that up because I want to talk through uh, the different ways that that's happened. And so that's the second question. So what was our kairos? What were the certain seasons in which God worked? So we need to be alert. Okay, it's not just talking about what happened six months ago. But when did God come through and how did he come through? And I want to share a few of those. So that's the second question. What opportunities did we have in 2021? Now, how many of you entered 2021 kind of feeling like, wow, things are kind of unsettled in life? Anybody? Right? How many of you feel like that's still the same? It's like entering 2020. Isn't it awesome? Everything's all nailed down. We all know. We'll be able to do whatever we want, wherever we want. Yeah, no, it's like it's still unsettled. It's still unknown. So in time, there's still things that are unsettled. There's still a lot of unknown, but most of us entered 2021 with the sense of like, I'm so glad 2020 is over. Anyone? And then have you thought like, wow, 2020 wasn't as bad. There's some parts where you're like, 2021, it seems worse from different things we have in our, in our lives. But as a church, this was actually a, a big year for us. And big meaning, God really did come through. And so I want to share that. Uh, we started the new year uh, in a park. And we were meeting there for nine months from kind of summer of 2020 till May of 2021. So part of our Kairos as a church is how do we continue to gather? How do we continue to reach people and do so without a space and in the elements? And this weekend, I was so glad we are here because we would have all been wearing wellies, which are rain boots if you grew up in England, because the grass would be soaked. But that was part of our reality last year. We're going to continue to meet whether, you know, icicles are forming on our hair or not. And we didn't have heaters. 
uh, but we did have each other. And we met and we grew uh, in the park. That was a key part of our Kairos, God coming through. And things started in January. We actually became a standalone church. For those of you that don't know, we are a church plant. We started in 2018. And we were under our sponsoring and sending church for a few years. That usually happens as you get established. And then in January of 2021, we became our own independent standalone church, which for you may not mean much different, but for me, it means if anything goes wrong, they come after me now. But it actually does also paint the picture. Part of our Kairos as a church is we no longer are under a church. We no longer uh, are maybe in like spiritual diapers for a church. We're now growing up as a church. We bear responsibility as a church. That's key. And that was a big part of our Kairos, seeing how God comes through. He's growing us. He's maturing us. And we're now carrying more of the weight as a church. And that started in January. And so now we're almost a year in to being a standalone church and a church that's continuing uh, to reach people. Uh, we continued in the park and God, God worked. And then in February of uh, 2021, I got a call that this center was opening up. Key part of our Kairos. In the middle of chronological time, I got a phone call where God opened a door. The reason I bring that up is we had put an application in for this place. Some of you may know this, but it was four years ago. It was December of 2017. So if you think of like God working in seasons and time, over a four-year period, God was working and opening up the doors for us as a church to be able to move into this season at just the right time. And it wasn't necessarily the chronological time. It was the Kairos time, the opportunity that God had provided for us. And so in June, we moved into this new facility. You guys remember that? Anyone here for that? Okay. And then in August, we had our grand opening. Anyone come to that? There's some of you that you came then for your first time, and you're still here. Thank you, Lord. Part of our Kairos. Moving from the park, seeing God grow, moving into a new facility, and seeing him expand us. I just want to share some stats. I don't share a lot of stats a lot, but as we're talking about looking back, sometimes it's helpful to be specific. So I thought this would be just fun and informative. Uh, we've, from this year to last year, uh, we've grown 38% for our in-person worship. That's very significant because uh, we don't count like numbers and you know, make it about uh, the numbers. But when you count people, which represents a number, it also represents a life. And so if you think about it in lives, we've had 38% more lives here than we did the previous year. Lives that have been able to learn more about Jesus. Lives that have been able to learn more about community and the purpose God has for each person. And that's very significant. And, and you are all a part of that. We have a membership here at Ridgeview where people can decide, I want to commit to joining the team formally. And you sign a membership covenant. In this past year, we had 13 new members join our church. Amen. Uh, this is really fun as well. Uh, we had 13 people who were baptized last year. Amen for that. For our training, we launched a brand new training program called Horizon, which is uh, like getting started in the Christian adventure, learning how to live spiritual disciplines and the values that God has for us. And we, we started that this past year. Uh, we continued in the Antioch Project training for people interested in being full-time 
uh, staff at a church, and uh, we've seen just God expand even, even through training. Uh, in the middle of all the unknown, uh, our local giving, people like yourselves, a part of Ridgeview, uh, our giving is up 33% compared uh, to 2020. So amen for that too. We've extended our staff. Uh, we hired Cameron McCullough, who's our worship leader, and he's our first full-time staff member apart from me. And I believe uh, there's a direct correlation as we become our standalone church, uh, we also need to grow our staff so we can continue to grow. And what you have to do as an organization, you always have to structure for growth before the growth comes. If you wait for the growth and you're not structured for it, uh, it usually doesn't come. And this was a big faith step financially and just as a church, we've never done that, but we, we've seen already just the fruit of that decision, expanding our staff, allowing us to reach more people. And we'll continue to do that. Because if you have to reach more people, you have to make sure you're organized as a church so when they come, they can have an experience where they can encounter the living God. And so our role as staff is to do all we can to make that a reality for people. And so I bring this up again, not, not to, to, to focus on the numbers, but to show you that these are the things that were part of our kairos, our expansion. Us as a church learning, even in a park, God comes through. God helps us to reach new people. Even in the middle of a pandemic with all of the unknown, God is allowing us to reach people who are, are longing for community. And so I've just shared a little bit. What I want to do is just share a, a video highlight of just some things. And uh, it's, it's like four minutes. So if you're used to like these YouTube 45-second clips, you're like, oh, that... I know. You may just go to this your neighbor if it feels like they're dozing off. But you can't just gloss over these things. And so we put a video together that highlights just some of the things that, that God did. So let's watch it. A little early, I said, I'm glad this is long because I get to cry and I'll be wrapped up. But then I came again. It's like a wave. I hope that never gets old. One of the things I just kept thinking as I was looking at that video is just seeing the young people the future, the next generation. And, you know, as a church, as we talk about our opportunity, that's one of our greatest opportunities is to keep building and expanding so that our young people will learn more of God and his ways, that they'll have the Kairos experience of him actively providing opportunities to see him come through. And I think we've seen that this last year. And, and as a church, we can continue in this. So we've talked about our kairos, we've talked about our opportunities, and then leads us to this. We, we can praise God for all he has done. The key of looking back is not to be full of ourselves of all God has done, but to honor God above all, because he's worthy. There's no one else that deserves the honor and glory that's due for God alone. So I just want to pray and thank him. Let's pray. God, we thank you for who you are, and you are everything that we need. God, we thank you that you have continually to provide. You continue to lead us forward. You are the confidence that we need. You are the foundation that we can stand for and stand on, and we can actually build a life because of you. Thank you for your faithfulness, your love, 
and all that you've done in our lives and in our church this past year. We thank you in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. As we we praise God for all he has done, I just want to focus our time on one scripture in particular that has a way of, as we look back, how do we make sure that we remember the Lord's provision? And as we look back, know that the way he's provided and the way he's walked with us is the way he will continue to. The key with looking back is not to get stuck in the past. The key with looking back is to remember who Jesus is so that as we move towards the future, we have confidence. It's very easy to get stuck in the past, but God wants us to move towards the future. But we do so with confidence because God has come through again and again and again. So looking back is to strengthen us. The scriptures have a way of reminding us of that. And, and, and so the, the, the scriptures have a way of, again, putting and providing like the tracks that, that we walk on. And so as we look back and reflect, we can be filled with thankfulness, but we also need the truth of how God comes through. And I, I want to just focus uh, in the, the book of Isaiah, and Isaiah is in the Old Testament, and it's a book filled with prophecy. And because of that, um, there's so many layers, and a lot of it's addressed, obviously, to the Israelites at the time, and I, Isaiah... Uh, telling them God's thoughts. And God had uh, encouragement for them. Uh, God had uh, many uh, rebukes for them. And uh, anytime you read the scriptures, specifically the Old Testament and the prophecies, you, you, you get this mixed bag of like God's love and faithfulness, but also his judgment. Because just like the Israelites ourselves, we, we tend to rebel. We tend to go our own way. Uh, we stay you know, focused on God, and we look back and see all he's done, and then we, we go astray. And so there's all, always this natural tendency, like we just keep missing uh, what God has for us because we, we think we know best. I don't know if you guys deal with that, but I deal with that in my heart every day, me thinking I know better than God. So what the scriptures have, have done is, is given us the reminder that, that we need God. We need his revealed world to keep us on track. And uh, I'm going to be reading from Isaiah 52, and this is written to the Jewish people who are in exile. Uh, they are in Babylon. They are no longer in their home in, in Jerusalem, Judah. And they were removed because of the siege. Their, their, their place was overtaken. It was destroyed. And so they're in exile. They're not uh, at home. They've been conquered. They were destroyed. They were taken away. And in Babylon, they're in a land which is filled with false gods. But the God of the Bible says, you shall worship no God above me. There's a sense like you, it's one God. And here they are in a land where the people didn't believe that. And not only that, but they're seeing idols everywhere. So uh, it was a different way of life. It was a 70-year period of time. There were people of God, they had faith, but because of the duration and because of all the things that they had seen, their enemies being able to gain strength and conquer them, they, they began to question, is God's promises real? Like, we've seen, and they looked back, and they had distant memories of all that God has done, but, like, the near memory was very difficult, hard, complex, frustrating. They had no altar, no place to worship. And in the middle of that, their kairos was that God delivered them through Cyrus the Great, the king of Persia. 
And part of their kairos was, here was a pagan king that set them free by overtaking the people who had conquered them. In the middle of it, they have a choice to make. Do we worship this person who just freed us, this king of Persia? Do we turn away from God because it seemed like he came through, but it was way too late? And we face the same things uh, today. So as we look back, there's another part of looking back, which is life is hard, and it's difficult, and there's tremendous disappointment. And so as a church, as we honor God, we also have to recognize that in the middle of this last year, there's some of us that there's been devastating loss. My, my sister was just with us uh, for a few days, and, and she lost her husband this past year. And that was part of her just trying to, in the middle of life and with this loss, meet God. And sometimes it brings up more questions than answers. And the Israelites were, were in the same way. They'd seen so much loss of life, so much disappointment and discouragement. So part of looking back is even in the hard things, you, you, you try to make sense of where God is. And if you've questioned that, 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 that's actually okay. We talk a lot about like God is a God who can take your questions. He can even take your doubts. And he will meet you where you are. And so they had been delivered, and now it was time to head home and to rebuild in Jerusalem. Some stayed, most left. They had been away from their home. They had been free to return. It was about a 920-mile long journey by foot. All their people. In a way, like starting over, picking up again in the middle of the unknown. And I think it's fitting for us as a church because as we look back, we can see God's faithfulness. We can also see hard things in our lives, even hard things that we faced as a church. But no matter what, as you end one year and you begin another one, do any of you knew, know what 2022 holds? I don't. I have no idea. So we're still, just like the Israelites, we're facing something where it's completely unknown. But I want you to just hear and just try to like take this in what God commanded his people right before the journey home. And I think it's the same that God wants to speak to us. And Verse 12 says this, for you shall not go out in haste, and you shall not go in flight, for the Lord will go before you, and the God of Israel will be your rear guard. The haste there is talking about a hurried flight where you don't know what to do, but all you need to do is just run. You ever done that? Something happened, you kind of freaked out. Maybe you didn't run, but in your mind, you're just like all over the place. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do it. It's falling apart. And you're just frantic. What God is saying is, I I am your God. You don't need to run scared from anything. And it's further expounded of that word flight. You don't need to to run scared in haste to try to solve your own problems. Most of the time when we get into haste, we want to act. And we're hasty because we want to act before God acts. You ever done that in your life? That God will come through. Yes, but I'm going off a chronological time and I need him to come through in three hours. Sometimes God's like, well, the Kairos, I'll come through in a season. It's not here yet. It's very hard, especially in in the West. 
We need the minute, we need the day. If we don't know it, we're going to do it. And so what God's saying to his people is, don't do that. Don't go before me. I go before you. I lead the way. You don't go out in haste. You don't run scared. And you don't go in flight. It's this literal running in fear. You're overwhelmed. You don't know what to do. And you just run with like, I'm just going to run. Where are you going? I don't know. I'm just running because you want to do something. And hastiness leads to flight. And that is just doing something without any thought. Is this in the right direction I need to go? So the idea is you can be so busy wanting to do something that you could be actually going in the wrong direction. Have you ever done that? You want to make a decision because you need to act. Something needs to happen. But if it's the wrong decision, you end up acting, but you're going in the wrong direction. And the longer you are in the wrong direction, the worse off you are. We experience that in driving all the time. When you get lost, you have to stop. You have to find your way. But the promise is not just about not being hasty, not going out in flight. The promise is this. Why could we do that? And it's because of what God says. For the Lord will do what? What does it say? He will go before you. You are not going to a place where he is not. If you wait and if you seek him, if you let him lead your life, and as a church, if we let him lead our church and continue to set direction, we make the main thing the main thing, it means wherever we go, he will be. But the opposite is not true. If we don't seek the Lord, and we go so set on our own goals and our own agendas. It's literally saying that there's a place in which we will be, and God is everywhere. He'll be there, but there's no blessing there because God hasn't led us there. We went and said, God, find me here. And he's like, well, why are you there? Because I knew I had a better plan. God says, well, let's talk about that. And usually when God says that to me, it doesn't end well. It ends with like, I don't know, God, what I was thinking. Forgive me. But this is actually a beautiful reminder for God's people, even in the book of Isaiah, to look back. In Exodus 13, it's not on the screen, but I want to read this. This is when they were captive in Egypt and God set them free. Listen to this promise and see if you can kind of correlate to Isaiah 52. Exodus 13, it says, And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud, to lead them along the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, that they might travel day and by night. The pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night did not depart from before the people. God freed them from the Pharaoh and from the Egyptians, took, taken them from captivity. And what God's saying to the people captured by the Babylons, don't forget, I led you out of Egypt, I'm gonna lead you out of Babylon. It's not gonna be your... All your strategies, it's not even going to be about your own leadership. It's going to be me leading you forward. But the great thing about God is he doesn't leave anything unanswered. Because in any progress and in any forward motion, especially if you're dealing with the military, you have to always be aware of what's behind you, right? Your, your flank. So what God's saying is, I'm going to go before you. But the good thing is because I'm God and I can see everything and I'm powerful and almighty, I will also be your what? What does it say at the end? I'm going to be your rear guard. So wherever you go, as you move forward, God's leading you there, and he's protecting you as well. And that's the confidence that we can have. It's not that we know the future because we don't. 
It's not because we, we know all that's going to happen, because we don't. And we don't have the resources or the strategies, even if we did know, to make it happen. What God's saying is, if you follow me, and you seek me, and you don't play games, and you make me the most important thing in your life, not just by your words, but by your actions, I will lead you forward and also guard you in the back. So wherever you go, you have the protection of God. For us as a church, I think that's what we have experienced. But as we enter a new year, we have to continue in this. We can't be hasty. Do our own thing because we need just to do something. We have to continue to wait on God. God, where do you want us to go? What do you want us to do? And we want to hear God tell us, well, I'm going to lead you. Scripture says, you'll hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, go in it. And as we do, God will be before us. And as we do, God will be behind us. And we can have confidence because God is leading our church. Now, in any organization, we have leaders. I'm the lead pastor. But my prayer, even for myself, is we'll continue to just continue to seek the Lord, ask him, how can we make the most of the opportunities that we have? So for me, as I look ahead to 2022 and what we're going to talk about next week, I can't wait to see what God does. I think God will do some mighty things in our church. Why? Because I look back, and he's done them. So as I look forward, I have no reason to doubt that that will not continue. But what I do know, and this is my encouragement to you, and also a challenge for me, what I do know is we have to make sure that we have pure hearts as a church, that we want to please God above everything else. We want to fear God, and we don't want to fear man. It will be a snare if we do. We want to seek the Lord. We want to do what he says, even as the culture pulls further and further away from the truth. We have to stand for what God says, and we have to do it. And as we do it, what God will do is he'll go before us again, and he'll be behind us, And what will happen is he'll expand and he'll grow and we'll see that God is real again and again. That's my prayer for you. That's my prayer for me that in our hearts we'll make him the most important thing. And as a church, as we set out in this new year, that's what we want to do. So I hope you'll join us next week. What I hope to do is is to actually give you some specific things of uh, our vision uh, for this new year as we've sought the Lord, as we're going to continue to seek the Lord, where, where is it that God wants us to buy up the kairos opportunities that he has? So as I close out, uh, Joel Berry's going to come up and lead uh, the next steps that you can take. Uh, but before he does that, I just encourage you, express some just appreciation to people here at Ridgeview. If they've been a blessing to you uh, this uh, past year, uh, let them know that. That's a way that we honor God by encouraging uh, one another. So I'm so glad you've been here. Joel, will you lead us in some next steps?